0: Throw that limiting belief out of the way. If you like this, that is not, that does not mean that anything's wrong with you. It and, and the other side, even taking out, you know, sexuality out of the place, um, it doesn't make you gross or weird or anything like that. We all have our sexual preferences, our sexual kinks, if you will. Some people would look at Rimming as just a typical Wednesday. It's maybe something that they have in incorporate in their sex life often. And Other people are like, that is the, that is like a level 10 of kink world for them. I'm Rachel and you're listening to the Owning Your Sexual Self podcast. All right, you guys, before we get into this episode, I have to give it up one more time for shagrag.com. It's S-H-A-G-R-A-G-G.com. If you've been listening to the past couple of episodes, you've heard me talk about this product, but it is my very first ever waterproof blanket. I have been wanting one of these for. Literally so long, at least over a year, and I just never pulled the trigger on getting one. So when this company, their women-owned business, by the way, when they reached out to me with the interest in coming on the show and being a sponsor of the show, I was like, yes, please sign me up. Now it's been a few weeks and I've had a chance to use this blanket. It has been incredible. I've been able to wash it with no problems. I was worried. I'm like, is it going to come out of the washing machine all frayed and like the material is not going to be as good? No. If you follow the care instructions that you get when you order this, it's going to come out just as it did when you got it brand new. And this is designed to protect your sheets from the wetness that we get during sex, whether that be if you're using lubes or oils or lotions or anything like that, not to mention the fluids and things that come up when we're having sex. So whether or not you're having period sex, if you're having, if you're a squirter, you know, this blanket is going to be your go-to. It's going to be your new best friend. Honestly, it's going. it keeps the bedding dry, like legitimately keeps the bedding dry. We even used it. This is so funny. We hosted a boudoir shoot here at my home and we used it. We did wet sessions and we use it almost as like a uh, flooring for the girls to step on so that my actual carpet in my home didn't get wet and it worked perfectly. So all day having women standing on this blanket with water dripping on it nonstop throughout the day, my carpet underneath. So dry. (laughs) so, so dry. So this thing works for many, many different occasions. It's handmade in Santa Cruz, California. Again, women-owned business. They use water-based inks. It's eco-friendly. It's printed in the U.S. I mean, what more could you want, honestly, from a product? So if you haven't yet went to their website, shagrag.com, and grabbed yourself a blanket, there's so many different patterns that you can choose from. Just very fun um, and patterns that you probably haven't seen on moisture-proof blankets before. They're are very, very unique. So head over to there, grab yourself a waterproof blanket and make sure you use code wellness 10 at checkout. That's going to save you 10% on your order. So wellness 10 at checkout. And again, the website is S H A G R A G G. All right, y'all. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. If you get one, let me know. Shoot me a DM, tag me when yours arrives. I would love to be able to share this. Um, and I, I just would love to hear from you guys what your experience is and which pattern you decide to get for yourselves. <laughs> okay, y'all, have a great day. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the flip side. Hey everyone, (laughs) we're getting up close and personal this week on this episode of Owning Your Sexual Self podcast. So I hope you're ready. I'm assuming you clicked because you are curious about this topic or maybe you're wanting to get some new tips for yourself around ding 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 rimming. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited to dive into this with you and we're going over all the need to know, this should be a short and sweet episode. I do have some notes here in front of me so I can stay on track. And, um, you know, I get the, I get asked about all kinds of sexual acts. And when people go through my want, will, won't list, which by the way, is available for free on my website, if you want to download that, or you can purchase the, how to get the sex life that you both crave masterclass for $39 that walks you through step-by-step, the want, will, won't list and how to do that as an exercise with your partner. But I get asked, you know, there's so many sexual acts on this list. So when people go through it and they message me they're like, Rachel, what in the hell, like, what is rimming?" And I had to Google that, or what is mutual masturbation or what, it, what in the hell happens at a sex party? You know, all, all of these things. And so You know, on this podcast, I I like to talk about these things. I like to do the research myself, in some cases, experience the things myself as well so that I can give you feedback on them. And also, just I realize some of these things are super sensitive for people to ask about. And so the fact that you have the ability to listen and learn about these things, via a podcast that you can listen to in the privacy of your car or home or in your headphones if you're on a walk, you know, and you can just shamelessly listen and learn about these things. So rimming, 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 ah, if you are anything like me, (laughs) I'm like, is this, do I still currently have this thought around rimming or has my... Horizon expanded. Still, I would say if I'm thinking in terms of a want, will, won't list, to give or receive rimming would be a will for me personally. And what that means is that I will do it if it's a want for my partner. If my partner wants to give rimming to me, I will do it. And if my partner wants, Me to give Remy to them, I will do it. (laughs) But is it a want for me? Definitely not. Um. But am I willing to do it? I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. Especially after doing some more research on this and just having a better understanding of the prep and aftercare and things that you can do to kind of alleviate that that worry, that shame, guilt, even maybe not so much guilt, like shame, embarrassment is the word I was looking for. Um around rimming, because this is the main thing that I hear from people when, in general, when it comes to anal play, people are like, no, you know, exit only. That's not for me. But with rimming, it's, it's not really, it's not really penetration that's occurring. You know, a rimming is really is really oral sex for your ass, (laughs) essentially. So if you're thinking if you're someone that has ever performed oral sex or received oral sex, the thought of that happening on a vulva, essentially, you're doing the same thing, but on the anus instead. But with most people, I think, again, we have that that worry of what if it smells? What if it tastes bad? What if what if there's hoop left over there, you know, like, what if I didn't clean up or wipe good enough? So there's that, that anxiousness that I I know comes up for a lot of people, because I I hear this, <laughs> these things when I get to do my, my uh, presentations for women in the privacy of their homes with um, my product side of my, of my job. Um, it's, you know, these are the questions that come up and, and people are just curious. And so here we are, we're creating this podcast to give people a resource to be able to shamelessly plug in about all your sexual curiosities. (laughs) So first and foremost with rimming, you know, consent is always the first and, and most important thing. When you are engaging in a sexual act with somebody I wouldn't recommend to just start performing a rim job on this person without them acknowledging it. You could kind of throw off the vibe of the scene, especially if it's something that they're not willing to. If you are really not wanting to avoid negative self, not negative self-talk, but negative talk in the bedroom or rejection of, of sexual acts in the bedroom you know, just asking, asking and getting that enthusiastic consent from the person that you're having sex with, um, I think is, it, it, it is the most important thing. Always, always, always. So consent first, always. And to just, so you know, I, I've heard this a lot before, like people that like rimming, specifically men that like rimming, are they gay? Does that mean that they're gay? And the answer is no. If you are a man that's listening and you enjoy rimming, giving or receiving, that does not make you gay. Um, <laughs> just to go back, your your sexual preference is is based on in it is based on your attraction. So just because you like to receive anal or give anal, that does not make you gay. That is not, that's not just not how it works. <laughs> okay. So um throw that limiting belief out of the way. If you like this, that is not. That does not mean that anything's wrong with you. It and, and the other side, even taking out, you know, sexuality out of the place, um, it doesn't make you gross or weird or anything like that. We all have our sexual preferences, our sexual kinks, if you will. Some people would look at Rimming as just a typical Wednesday. It's maybe something that they have in incorporate in their sex life often. And other people are like, that is the that is like a level 10 of kink world for them, you know, and so with any kink that I've ever talked about, and when I in general talk about kink, there's such a wide spectrum for every person of what is going to be kinky and what is going to not be kinky for them. Um, But I would say rimming, Definitely is on your kinky list for sure. (laughs) And for good reason, you know, the anus has so many nerve endings, almost as many nerve endings actually as your clitoris, which the clitoris has eight to 12,000 nerve endings. So it's a really, 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 really sensitive area of the body. And when I'm talking about, you know, when I do my anal play demonstration at the presentations that I do, I always talk about, like, just starting with pressure to that area to see if it's something that is enjoyable and, and feels good to you in that moment and on that day. Because, again, our bodies are changing. So one day, if you really enjoyed rimming, you might go to do it the next day or your partner might be asking and wanting to do it the next day, but there's just something that is not feeling, it's not feeling like a full body yes for you. And so it's okay to say no. And it's okay to say no and suggest to do something else. You know, you don't really know is a complete sentence. You don't need to give a reason of why you're not feeling it or why you don't want to do it that day or receive or give or whatever it is. But just knowing that there are a lot of nerve endings there and that this can be a, a fairly enjoyable experience for somebody. Um, And again, both giving and receiving because there are some people that it's, it could be seen as a fetish. It could be seen as a turn on for them to be able to give pleasure to somebody through rimming. And again, we're not here to yuck anybody's yum. If you like it, if that's your jam, all right, if you got a consenting partner, like by all means, go on and, and get it. (laughs) Okay. So um, other important things to know about rimming is that um, STIs can be transmitted through rimming. So if you have any open sores on your on your mouth um, or on your hands or anything like that, it is not recommended that you would perform rimming on somebody with, with any of that going on. So please be conscious of that and being conscious of your partners that you're consenting to having these experiences with, be conscious of that for yourself. And you can create, and this kind of goes to protect against STIs and also for a little bit more ease of mind using a dental dam or cutting a condom. I'll kind of show you that here in a second, but using a dental dam, which is essentially like a sheet of latex to go over the area. So if you're putting that up against the, the receiver's ass, and then you're performing your oral or you're performing your rimming that way, that has that, that's like that extra barrier of protection for you. So again, protecting against STIs. And also for someone that maybe isn't, is worried about, again, taste, smell, things like that. um, Again, either giver or receiver using a dental dam can really help kind of eliminate that factor for you. And how you would make your own dental dam it's so funny. I've been hearing more and more about creating your own dental dams. And we had before Danny had got his vasectomy, um, we have just condoms galore left over from that <laughs> from that time when we had to be extra, extra careful. And so I'm like, man, I could I have so much ability to be able to create my own dental dams now. <laughs> I have a whole box in the nightstand that I can cut open. So to create your own dental dam out of a condom, you would cut off the tip of the condom. And then you want to cut down the length of the condom. So cutting down hot dog style, not hamburger style. And then when you unroll it, it basically is a dental dam. You have this sheet of latex now. So that's how you would create your own if you have a condom and you don't want to go and purchase dental dams. And also, I absolutely hate that they are called dental dams, by the way drives me crazy. I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) I I truly don't understand. Like, could we come up with a better name for it than dental dam? Just saying. All right. Um, let's see. Wanted to make sure that, okay. Other important thing to know is that when you are performing rimming or practicing anything with anal sex, you want to make sure that you're not going from anal penetration to vaginal penetration even with your tongue. So if you are practicing and performing rimming on somebody and then you wanted to switch and then go and perform oral on their vulva, do not do that. And, or give them a blowjob on their penis, do not do that. Or even kissing them afterwards, not recommended. This is just not recommended. There's bacteria that's produced in the anal area that can cause infection and just things that you want to avoid. So being conscious of that, if you are engaging in anal play, rimming, anything that has to do with the anus, please be sure to clean up afterwards, wash, wash with unscented, with unscented soaps to that area, brush your teeth, brush your lips, even using some mouthwash um, and making sure that you're doing those things before going into the next sexual act. So you want to really be conscious around these things. It's not It's not just all unicorns and rainbows and here I am eating ass, tossing salads all day, going you know, in the middle of sex and then we're switching it up and doing all these things. That is not what rimming should be. It should be consciousness around this and cleanliness around this and making sure that you're taking the steps to keep yourself safe and also keep your partner as safe as possible and as pleasured as possible, may I add. So um, a lot of people also won't necessarily orgasm from rimming. And so keeping that in mind, though, I'll mention in here, there are definitely some things that you can incorporate to help your partner get to orgasm while you are performing rimming on them. I'm going to go over some techniques here, but just wanted to make sure that I got all of my need to nose out of the way first. Yes. Okay, so in terms of your prep, so the person that's going to be receiving rimming, and I also recommend to have this conversation beforehand, um, who's going to be the giver and who's going to be the receiver? I don't necessarily think it's a good idea for both people to be receiving rimming in the same sexual instance. Again, unless you're taking the time to clean and, and do that aftercare, and then you're switching and going into the next person. But I would say in general, most people don't want to be doing the sexual act, getting up, cleaning, coming back, doing the sexual act, getting up, cleaning, right? You, you kind of want to have it all in one span. So I would recommend designating a giver and a receiver. So as the receiver, you want to, the easiest thing is to be, is going to be to shower first, shower first. So that way, you know, you, in your mind that you did your best best and do your best thorough cleaning job so again using unscented soap is recommended but if you are already have a ph balance soap that is that does have a scent i think that that is totally fine just ph balance is going to be the most important key here um but thoroughly washing that area you don't necessarily need to go inside the anus i wouldn't recommend that but thoroughly washing inside the anus, all around your, just your entire (laughs) butthole, butt area, do your best to clean that as properly as you can. Some people like to shave or wax beforehand, not anything that you need to do, but again, that would be more preference-based. So definitely cleaning up that area in a shower, again, is going to be the easiest way to do that. So mentally, you know, as the receiver, I'm nice and clean. You can avoid that that scared or worriness or embarrassment around what smell or, or taste might be like. Um, and then same thing for the giver, they can go in with peace of mind knowing that those, those worries are likely going to be avoided because you are nice and fresh. And so clean, clean. All right. So, ah, yes. Yeah, so cleaning up, cleaning up, prepping your area. Um, We talked about orgasm. All right, let's go into techniques, ah, techniques. Now, Rimming, just like oral, you don't, I wouldn't recommend, you can do this, but what I don't recommend is for you to go with firm tongue and just start jabbing at the butthole. I don't recommend that. With any foreplay, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time now, or even recently, you know that there is such an art and pleasure behind the buildup. Okay, so same thing with rimming. Really taking your time, being intentional, getting into that space. So it's recommended that your partner, the giver, I'm sorry, the receiver is on all fours. So if they're on all fours, maybe you start by stroking their back, you're scratching their back, you're rubbing around their buttocks, you're giving them a nice butt massage, lower back massage, like you are filling them with your intention and your love and they are feeling your presence this is also a way to help them become and feel safe in their body and safe enough to receive especially if they are feeling a little bit on edge maybe it's the first time um or whatever it is you know you want your receiver to feel as comfortable as possible and again either if it's a man woman no matter what the gender is going through this build up and this this state of getting into your presence is step one, after the cleaning, when you're getting into the intimate part, like step one is creating that space and for safety. And then again, slowly building. So maybe you start with your hands, as I mentioned for anal play, maybe you start with your hands and maybe you're just using a thumb and putting pressure up against the anus. And maybe you start to massage around that, you know, and checking in with your partner, asking about pressure, asking about Um, You know, technique and things like that, checking in, making sure that they are still a yes throughout the process. Now, you don't need to consistently be like, how is that? How is that? How is that? Is that good? Is that good? You know, that can get a little bit annoying for the receiver. We do want you to have some confidence um, when going in and doing something like this. So starting slow and building up to starting slow with like looser pressure, I would say. So two tongue techniques that you can have is a flat tongue, like just like a flat tongue, like you're sticking your tongue out at somebody um, for like not somebody because you would do a little bit, maybe like you're sticking your tongue out for the dentist to like look down your throat or the doctor to look down your throat. So flat tongue or a firm tongue, like, like you are literally sticking your tongue out at somebody. So you know the difference. So flat tongue or firm tongue. And again, starting with you can do flat tongue with soft pressure or firm pressure and then firm tongue with soft pressure or firm pressure. So really kind of switching up your techniques and not just going again straight for the anus. Up to two inches around the anal opening is it's just filled with nerve endings that can be so pleasurable. And so again, especially if it's somebody's first time building up, building up and amping up and getting to, you know, getting them to a place where they're going to be feeling pleasure as they're feeling pleasure, they're going to begin to feel more safe in their body and safer to receive more and more. So you know, technique, slowing, starting slow, building up all the way around two inches, you know, around the anus and keeping that in mind too, when you're, when you're cleaning, I think I mentioned that already. Um, and if you want to do penetration to the anus with your tongue, that is okay too. Or some people maybe like to do finger penetration during this. Um, that, that is okay too. Just again, making sure that consent has been received or from your partner. So working around the anus, like getting that buildup, slow and gentle. Um, I would also recommend using a lubricant uh, or having a lot of spit available to you. But sometimes we might just have dry mouth and that's okay. So having a lubricant on hand, um, just to make that experience more enjoyable. Some people like to use flavored lubricants, even that can help to, again, if you're conscious about um, smell or taste or anything like that, a flavored lubricant could help that aspect of it. Um, but using, you know, your anus does not produce moisture. So especially if you do plan to go internal with some penetration, um, either with finger tongue or finger or tongue lubricant is definitely recommended for that. And again, in terms of techniques, I talked about a few different tongue techniques, but you know, kisses, little soft kisses around the anus, on the anus that can be really enjoyable blowing. So either like, like you're blowing out a candle, a cool breath, or blowing a warm breath, like like you're eyeing somebody, um, that can be really enticing and, and enjoyable for somebody that's receiving a rim job. And licking, you know, licks with those tongue pressures across the anus, again, not just like jabbing and going back and forth. So across kind of like making an X, or maybe you're making like a figure eight motion over their anus, that can be really enjoyable. Now, I would say more of an advanced technique. So inside the anus, you have two sphincter muscles. And so muscles, as you know, like when you're stretching your body, you're getting ready for a workout, muscles like to be stretched. So it's the same thing with your anal muscles, your anus muscles, which is called your sphincter muscles. So if your partner is on all fours, you might have to, you know, spread the butt cheeks a little bit, but If you're grabbing more closer to their butt cheeks and you're spreading the anus a little bit, again, getting consent is super important. This is more of an advanced rim, rim job technique. So spreading their butt cheeks a little bit, exposing those muscles, but stretching those muscles a bit, that can also feel really, really pleasurable for them. And then doing the same techniques either with fingers, blowing, kissing, licking while you have the cheeks and the anus more spread, exposing even more of those nerve endings. And again, using your using your finger, using your tongue, um, kind of switching up your technique back and forth. Um, I think that this is this is great. And checking in with your partner again throughout to make, make sure that it's still something that they're enjoyable. It's still something that they're a yes to even asking for feedback about how you can make it more pleasurable or which things that you've tried so far, did they really enjoy? And as I said in the beginning, a lot of people aren't going to orgasm just from a rim job. Um, but if you are, if your partner is maybe if it's a well, either partner, if your partner is pleasuring themselves, either rubbing up against their clitoris, maybe they're fingering themselves. Maybe if it's a male that's receiving this, they're they're jacking themselves off during receiving a rim job. Um, Or if you're doing a reach around, so you're giving the rim job and reaching around and doing these things or using sex toys. Sex toys would be the most easiest way to go around that because they have the vibration. You can physically do less, but actually give more because of the vibration and because of the um, what toys can do for our bodies. So definitely would recommend having a toy nearby, easy to start to incorporate and have it within reach of your receiver. So if they are receiving the rim job and it is at a point where they want to then provide themselves pleasure with some sort of, so, sort of toy um, or gadget, that they have easy access to be able to reach that and um just add more pleasure to their experience. So that's what we all want, right? We all want our partners to be receiving pleasure and and feeling pleasure. So that is that is a wrap, y'all. So, and then of course the cleanup, the aftercare of rimming, equally as important as the buildup and you know, prepping for the experience. So making sure again that you're cleaning up afterwards if you feel that you want to do that. Um, wiping the area, cleaning your butt again, especially if you have, you know, lubes and things like that going on back there and brushing your teeth, brushing your lips, using mouthwash and waiting until you do those aftercare steps to then kiss, you know, or any, anything to do with your mouth, putting your mouth anywhere else should not happen until you do those cleanup things after experiencing uh, or yeah experimenting with anal play via the mouth. All right. (laughs) So I hope this is enjoyable for you. I told you I'll keep it quick and sweet. Oh, my God. Short and sweet. Quick and to the point is what I wanted to say there. Um, Of course, message me anytime if you have questions. If you have other suggestions of things that you would like for me to talk about on this podcast, please send them my way. Things that you're curious about. I may already have a podcast on it. I'm happy to send that to you so you don't have to go through and find it yourself Um, or it generally just might be something that I haven't talked about on the podcast. So in the second half of the year here, I do have some openings for topics and things like that. So I'd love to hear from listeners um, what it is that you're curious to learn more about or what is that you want to hear about. Even if there are sexual things that you want uh, me or us to try, somebody messaged me the other day and was like, we tried the the fruit roll-up technique. She put a fruit roll-up over her husband's penis and then gave him a blow job you know, with the fruit roll-up wrapped around it. She said it was delicious, that it was very sticky. Um, be careful if you do that, not to put it over the urethra because you don't want to get sugar and stuff in there. Um, but she said it was quite a fun experiment. So <laughs> things like that. If you're curious about things like that and you want me to try them or you want Danny and I to try them together, we are happy to do those things and then record a podcast about it to give you our review. <laughs> All right, y'all, enjoy your day, go out there. Have some rim jobs, have some fun with it, add more pleasure to your life as always. And of course, be safe and make sure that consent is present. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you really fucking loved it, make sure to tag me on social media at the RachelMain. I'll see you next week.